This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. Thanks for dialing in. This is Steve Peacher. I'm president of SLC Management. I'm really pleased to actually be in person with Stefan Kaufman, who is a partner at Infrared Capital Partners and a director of their infrastructure business, very involved in everything they do on the infrastructure side. So what we're going to talk about today is infrastructure in Europe. As COVID starts to subside, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in the infrastructure Hi, Steve. Thank you first for having me here today. As you know, this is a very exciting time for our infra business, and I'm very pleased to discuss it with you. I think there are probably three main ideas I would like to develop. So the first one is infrastructure as a growth stimulus. As we are slowly moving out of the pandemic, all world leaders are trying to find a way to revive economies. We see Joe Biden's $7 trillion Build Back Better plan in the US. We have the $1 trillion Green Deal in Europe, which is a very... Uh, bold initiative to try to push EU towards climate neutrality by 2050. We also see China uh, embracing infrastructure as a way to recovery. So this is a very common topic, but we know as well that this is very hard to implement. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. The second point is also the fact that sustainability and climate change is now back at the top of the agenda. Unfortunately, climate risk is not a remote, distance, abstract threat. We are seeing that on a daily basis. We have seen flooding, wildfires, heat waves, and so on and so on. So this is really, really something which needs to be addressed. And in our opinion, this is the greatest uh, challenge we have to face in this decade. Fortunately, infrastructure investors are well positioned to uh, contribute and make a difference. The third thing is probably the fact that uh, we have seen an increase in infratech and technology adoption in infrastructure. Of course, there is the obvious requirement to uh, roll out fiber and make sure we invest in resilient, ultra-fast fiber networks. Uh, if you measure the gap versus advanced economies like Korea, where 80% of the population has access to ultra-fast fiber broadband services, you can measure the gap. So this is a very exciting sector. But more generally, technology has still a lot to, to do in terms of uh, improving infrastructure. We see the use of big data to uh, optimize the use of existing assets. We see the adoption of 3D printing in construction, computer modeling in the design phase. So Technology is really a big thing to come as well. So you've got a number of trends that are driving opportunities, but at the same time, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of money that's coming into this market. So what are you doing at Infrared to capture the opportunities that are being generated by the trends that you mentioned? So first, I think we have a unique position. First, we have our greenfield strategy. With that, we are really focusing on developing and managing construction of new pieces of infrastructure. We are focusing on building resilient, modern infrastructure assets and also supporting the energy transition. We are helping platforms to grow their business and grow their asset base. We are repurposing existing assets to make them future-proof. So a lot of activity coming from our ability as a greenfield developer. The second point is, of course, a very important aspect in our business, which is we are also a long-term custodian of key strategic public infrastructure assets. With our long-term income strategy, we try to aggregate assets in large portfolio, manage them for their entire economic life, and delivering stable income for our investors. And by doing that, of course, we are addressing the needs for stable, solid yield for public pensions and life insurance companies like, like Sun Life. So we are playing a very critical role, I think. We are also helping developers to recycle their capital. We are acquiring their assets post-construction. And finally, we are directly impacting people's lives through our operation and maintenance of those critical pieces of infrastructure. So a lot of things uh, in, in our responsibility. I think this difficult question has a very simple answer. We are a people business. So the way to be successful in this activity is really first to attract the right talents. And
And so being able to offer them an opportunity to grow and develop is very important. I think we are well positioned in that. We are offering them opportunity to be exposed to many different sectors, different geographies, different investment strategies. So that's really a key component to success. The second point is building long-term relationship with partners. And the fact that we are still able to secure bilateral transactions, for me, is really the proof of concept. Being a deliverable partner, working in a transparent manner, is impacting as a relationship, and that does matter. You need to be somebody that counterparties view as reliable and, and can make decisions and, and where they know they can get the project done. Absolutely. If they're working with you. Absolutely. These projects are big. They cost a lot of money. Depending on the jurisdiction, they may be more or less funded by the public sector versus private capital sources. But what's the risk that... Given the focus on this by politicians and public balance sheets, that private capital could get crowded out of interesting projects because of funding by governments, especially when yields are so low and it's fairly cheap for governments to access funding. Now, that's a, that's a very interesting question. Thank you. I think since the 2008 GFC, we have seen a, a massive increase in public deficit and external debt. That's point one. Point two is we are seeing inflation coming back and also the potential increase in interest rates. That's point two. So as a whole, I think for me, the days of benign neglect monetary policy are over. And public spending and public capital will become a precious commodity and will become scarce. That's point one. Also, I think what we are seeing is that public money has a critical role to play. They are here to help us developing new technology through subsidy grants, providing feed-in tariffs. So there is really a need for public capital to help developing emerging technologies and also to help the development of a pipeline of infrastructure projects. So that's where the money should be used. Having said that, private capital has a massive role to play. It has been the case for more than the last 10, 15 years. We are seeing still an increased inflow of capital going into the infrastructure class. So I think both work hand in hand, in my opinion, and public capital is really an enabler for private investment. So as you know, I've been here in London in your offices for the last couple of days, and so it's obvious how busy the team is and how busy you are. So my, my personal question is, how do you relax when you get to the end of the weekend so that you can recharge for the next week, given, given the amount of activity that's going on? Well, my pet project is uh, electronic music production. I'm a composer and a player of various instruments. And I do tend not to sleep a lot uh, during the weekend. So usually uh, creativity is basically grabbing you at any point in time. In my case, it's happening usually late in the evening and I have to finish the job. So usually I end up in a very early morning the next day. So, so really electronic production and uh, creativity is really what I enjoy most. Well, it sounds like you're one of those like, people who doesn't need a lot of sleep. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Uh, well, listen, Safan, thank you. It's so great to be able to hear from you on these markets. Great to be able to do it in person too. So thanks very much. And thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of 3 and 5. Thank you, Steve.